Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With the third pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select R.J. Barrett. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of season three of Draft Strickland. It's me again, your boy, Prez, aka No Stress, because I have no bracket. That's the approach I took this year. Prioritize my pockets and my mental health, and I'm enjoying the tournament that much more because of it. To help me talk about what's going on in the tournament, you know, and some other prospects who maybe Knicks fans are getting too excited about or not excited enough about. I have a special first time guest. I don't know when this man got on Twitter, but he popped into my timeline sometime in the last year. And every every season, every draft cycle, there's like one or two or three draft accounts that just kind of pop up as draft Twitter continues to grow and grow and grow and a couple always stand out and I'm like huh I need to talk to these people so I can steal their insight and make it my own and uh, that's exactly what happened in this situation with our guest today Cam from the only one podcast uh, you can find him on Twitter at only one podcast but with two T's at the end where he's uh, often talking about the NBA draft, the NFL draft, probably other drafts I don't even know about. Cam, how's it going? Thank you for joining us. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, hey, appreciate it. Really do. Uh, it's probably only our, I think, third appearance on any other pod other than our own. So I'm excited, man. I really appreciate this. We got to we gotta spread the word, man. We got we to gotta get that follower count up because your, your insights are, are – are helpful. Like you can tell from when you watch it from not watch it from when I like just read your tweets and shit that uh, you're very the a you watch ball and then b the takes are are measured with a couple of hot takes sprinkled in. Like it's very and we'll get into this with some of the guys I want to talk about, but it's especially if you're coming at it from like my perspective or the perspective of a lot of the people on I talk to are who are Knicks fans, right? Like. With the Knicks, there's a very specific kind of player that most Knicks draft heads want from this draft. So you can just talk yourself into that kind of player. And then it becomes like an echo chamber because right. everybody else is like, oh, yeah, fuck. That's right. Like, yeah, let's talk about Max Lewis. Or I'm just using him as an example. But, like, it's sometimes yeah, good to bring example, in yeah. people from outside of uh, the weird Knicks, Knicks internet universe, which is a very crazy place. So, uh Hopefully you can talk some sense into me and to our listeners today. 
Yeah, and that and this is something I really look forward to. Uh talking to a diehard fan, you know, not necessarily talking to like a guy who we just talk about the draft in general. I really do want to hear about, you know, different fans, you know, what you know, what their team needs look like between themselves as far as a fan base. Yeah, it's uh I really like I I'm I try to make the draft stuff that I write for the Strickland so that anybody can read it, but Ultimately, like it is a Knicks fan site, so you know that that is pretty hard to take that hat off sometimes. And doing it from the perspective of a particular team is a lot different from if you don't have a favorite team and you're just doing it to do it. Um, it's a uh, it, it's like pros and cons, right? You get you get the echo chamber, but you're also like when you find something that you want to learn about or a type of player that you think might be important you just latch on and just go full 100% like deep dive, full nerd out. And that's how you end up with me writing fucking 5,000 words about Uzman Jiang last year for our website. And then <laughs> we fucking trade out of the draft entirely, which is anticlimactic womp womp. But I regret nothing. It's just how we are. <laughs> if if I, if I can add something, uh, yeah, man, I really, really like that fit for him and y'all, just because he could play next to Barrett, and it's a, it's a splash, it's a splash kind of pick. Because if he works out now, you got a six eleven, six ten kid that can three level score, handle it, defend. You got a special player, you know. Rather than you know, you guys stick with the, the safe kind of. Oh, I'm like mm-hmm. you know, a six five toolsy guard that was a junior in college or something, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's the give and take. Like on the one hand, part of me. It's like fuck. Why don't we just swing for the fences? But then the other, on the other hand, I kind of understand where they're coming from because, like, you put an eighteen-year-old out there, like who who's gonna play in front of someone? He's almost certainly taking minutes from someone better than him, which is like, again, the payoff is big. But if you're trying to win right now and prove your, like, you know, until this season, the Knicks were still kind of in that weird, like sort of trying to prove themselves as competent, but, like, we don't know what the fuck happened last year, so I'm sure everybody else around the league is, like, not sure what exactly was going on in there. So yeah. so I kind of right. get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean, I try to always remember that someone, like, when I do mocks and when I do, uh, like, advice for other teams, I I usually just always remember, like, he, the guy who's making a decision, whoever, the multiple people are trying to make a decision, they need to keep their job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's easy for so, us on our fucking couches or whatever. Yeah, it's easy for me, you know, on my, you know, on my couch, trying to, you know, trying to tell them, oh, you guys should have swung for Shaden Sharp. It's like, well, he's not gonna get any burn. You know, he's not gonna be. He's not. Gonna, you can't justify him playing over the four guards you guys already have. So, or like Usman Jang, who's like, well, yeah, you love him, but can you justify playing? You know, playing him over. Whoever you guys do play at the three, because you, you guys run grind, you guys run Grimes and Barrett right next to Brunson. Yeah, yeah, that's the starting lineup. And then now that we a lot have of Josh, yeah, now that we have Josh Hart, like we don't and, and Josh and, Hart gets in there. Yeah, yeah, we don't really have anybody. Like we have Obi, who's the backup four, who kind he's of more like Ford. Yeah, he's more of a Ford in my opinion. Yeah, no, he is a hundred percent because him and Hart are not quite big wings. They both kind of like do a little bit of those big wingy things. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, they make up for the difference type deal. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, yeah. 
and then you know, especially Hart because he's like six four, six five, but he might as well be like six nine. Yeah, he's he's an elite rebounder. So yeah, yeah. So a lot of the times, <laughs> like sometimes Grimes will take like the the Tatum's or whatever. Sometimes it'll be Hart. Um, sometimes it'll be RJ. One of the one of the things I was actually afraid of was like now that we have lots of players who are deserving of minutes, it's kind of on Tibbs to read the game and then be like, this is the call for crunch time. Like RJ is going to play or quickly is going to play or Hart's going to play or like they can't all play in crunch time. So he has to just push the buttons and, you know, I hate on Tibbs as much as anybody, but he's been doing a pretty great job of uh, figuring that out lately, which is cool. Uh, He's figured it out, but I, I feel like uh, <laughs> he's doing exactly what Tibbs usually does, right? You always gonna look good in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> last year, some of us didn't even know what Tibbs would do because it was like he last year was like peak Tibbs when he was like, "I'm not sure. I'm not sure about these young guys, so I'm just not gonna play them." He's now, play, yeah. Now it's like super Tibbs, where the young guys through different circumstances have proven themselves. Right. He, he had the stretch when Brunson was out where IQ was playing like a hundred minutes per game. So, you know, IQ is good in his book. Now, um, Grimes yeah. is good in his book. Now, even deuces played 25 minutes the other day. I was just so. about to talk about deuce. That's crazy. I was about to bring deuce up. Cause, uh, when you guys drafted him two years ago, I was like, man, where's his minutes going to come from? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then now that you guys drafted Grimes right over him, um, and then you guys signed Brunson, it's like, when is he ever gonna play again? <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely the one who's uh right on the fence of the of the the rotation because Tibbs usually goes with nine, and yeah. you know other teams will go with ten. So he pretty much only plays now if someone is out or taking a rest day or they really need a spark, and that's one of the actual actually that's as good a place to start as any. So. One thing that I want to kind of write about and research about, but I'm also too lazy, is like, so when you're drafting a player and they, like, how, how do you personally feel about, you know, like, you can draft a player and develop them without playing them? Because some people are like, yeah, you can, you know, they're not going to stay on the bench forever, right? Maybe their first year. Other people are like, you should make time for them no matter what. Other people are like, that's why we got the G League, use the G League. Other people are like, yes, but the G League is not the same as the league. So like, I don't, I kind of feel like you, you need minutes, but it's kind of one of those weird things where I don't know if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where like the, the players who were drafted high, just get minutes because they were drafted high. <laughs> so that's not really evidence that necessarily like they needed those minutes. It's just you the third pick, then you're going to fucking play. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, I guess it starts from when you draft them, right? So mm-hmm. you have to you have to think about some teams are very prescriptive like that. Like um, if you if they draft a guy in the first round, they expect him to be able to start. Some other teams are like, I don't care if we got him second. If he's not ready, he's not ready. You mm-hmm. know stuff like that. But then you know the other team will look at them and be like, Well, why did you draft him if you, if you, if you, if you <laughs> two, why did you draft him at two if you weren't going to play him immediately, right? And um, but I think it's really case by case. There's too many variables to go into yeah. to to really say. That's why a lot of people when they have their hot takes, 
they also have this bad taste literature. That's why <laughs> I don't really listen to what they say because <laughs> they're so prescriptive. Like they, they just they refuse to, you know, kind of adjust their their takes or adjust their philosophy. Like, yeah, that's a that's probably the right approach to just take it case by case. I know, like, you can tell which teams kind of fall into d- different parts of the spectrum for certain teams. Like for the Knicks, it's pretty clear that like at least where they're at right now, they're like, we're not drafting you. Like even guys like Deuce and IQ and Grimes, like they've all had times when they didn't play much, but they were all capable of playing. Like if the situation called for it, they could step in and it wouldn't be a shit show, which is like clearly one of the big things for the Knicks. Meanwhile, other teams, like you mentioned Shaden Sharp, like Portland is okay just giving him 20 minutes. They trade for Cam Reddish, who's only, whatever, 22, 23, and they're like, okay, you're going to start now. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but like, that's great for their development. But that it's might a, not help amazing. you. That might not help Dame get to the playoffs on, you know, this season by having those guys play like 30, 40 minutes. So, uh, that's what okay you're for, yeah. You're right. Yeah. They're definitely, they're, they're definitely not going to get them any wins <laughs> in the playoffs. That's why you always, that's why as an organization, I feel like. The good, the great ones, they're always weighing. You know, it's always, it's always a, a, you know, it's always a lot of options waiting, weighing, right? So, it would be, all right. Well, do we sign Cam Reddish and just play Shaden twenty minutes, or do we try to find us, a, you know, a real three? That's why they were, that's why they were in the OG and OB sweepstakes. Yeah, for that exact reason, because they're like, well, he has to be about that good to 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 be better than whatever we could just grab from another team. Or play another young guy, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, stuff like that is why when people say fit. They don't really understand how important the word fit is, right? Yeah, <laughs> the, the word fit is actually extremely important. Like Shaden, for example, because we're talking about him, he also wouldn't work on the Knicks. He would no. play exactly the same as how he looks on the on the Trailblazers because he doesn't have a lot of minutes for him. He doesn't have a lot of minutes. Whereas if he went to the Say the Wizards, who just who are starving for anything in the perimeter that's that looks good other than than Beal, right? It's like, well, Shaden will play next to Beal, and he looked like a he looked like a potential All Star early. Yeah, kind of like what we see with like uh with Matherin uh in DC, or, like they're bad but her Jalen minutes. Yeah, exactly. Jalen's another good one. Neither of them were more talented than Shaden, but they have they they were given the opportunity, and guess what? They're great players. Yeah, Jalen was the one I thought who could like walk the line for the Knicks as contribute now and upside, and I was probably right, but I'm still not. I'm still not that mad at it. I'm happy he's flourishing over there because I'm still rooting for him. <laughs> Last year, I I wasn't as into the draft as I am this year. I probably actually really studied this draft cycle, but I, I paid attention to it enough. And mm-hmm. uh, I always, I would always have Usman Zane going. To Knicks because he's just he's that change of pace. You guys need you guys need something. Y'all need something you know that looks scary. That's tall on the wing. Y'all yeah. have everybody that's scary and tall on the wing. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of Knicks fans who agree with you, man. Like uh, <laughs> some of the people who write for our site, um, my guy Stacy, who co-hosts one of our podcasts. He was he was banging the drum. He was like, "Do it, draft a six ten, fucking do it all wing who's eighteen, but will get stronger and all that stuff." And and I get it. I was right there with him. And um, that's one of the reasons why uh, why this draft is super interesting to me. Because, I mean, they're not all, like, his height. 
because he's really tall. But he's absurd. There's definitely, there's definitely a good amount of wings kind of scattered about. Um, but real quick before we get to that, uh, I'm just curious, what what made you uh, get more into the draft this year? Was it just like you felt like it randomly, or did you wanted to do the so pod? What happened was. Uh, the year before, so two years ago, so that Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green draft. Mm-hmm. I just, I, uh, I found uh, Fanspo. Oh yeah, I found Fanspo, but I was, but that was when it was called. What was it called before that? Uh, it was called something else before that. Like this Fanspo, Fanspo is actually a new name for it. It was called something else before that. I forgot. Wow, because I, I only I, learned about Fanspo this year. I'm like old and yeah. wise. So yeah, so like, and they, they let you just make your own NBA big board. Mm-hmm. And um, they have like all the prospects on there. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I was, so I got to mess around with that. And I really got to, and I would, so I would just like, I'd be, I'd just be chilling. I would just be thinking about the draft, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, let's go play video games or something. I'd be thinking about the draft or something, right? So I'm like, wow, I'm about to make a Twitter and see like what Twitter is like, see if I can talk to some draft line. Like, that would be fun. Like, that'd be a great idea. Talk to like legit people that talk draft, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I made a burner. And I was like, I was like, I was like, ah, this is not fulfilling enough. Like, it really wasn't. A, it wasn't. I was like, I was like, I'm about to, I'm about to make a podcast. I think, I was like, all these people to make a podcast. I'm about to make a podcast. Yeah, like I'm I could do this shit better. <laughs> and sure enough, I, I'll pop in there, like you said, I'll pop into everybody's algorithm. <laughs> that's that's really how you know you do it. You telling me that you know, I'm, I'm I'm one of the better accounts out there. Like that's 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 love. It's this is all homegrown. That's awesome, man. I love to hear it. Like with with, <laughs> with team specific people, it's always very, it's much more direct, right? It's like, oh, a lot of Knicks fans got into the draft, like really got into the draft when we were dog shit in the Chris Tapps year, and then there was like another wave of Knicks fans they got into the draft when we were dog shit in the Zion RJ year, right? So stuff like that. Is like gives more fans reasons to pay attention to right. to the draft because it's where hope goes to blossom and you can get a you know a future MVP or something like that. Um, but you know, for other people, it's just like, huh? I wonder if I could predict who's going to be good. That seems interesting, and that's kind of how it started <laughs> for me. Like way the fuck that back then when I was in like when I was in college, and I don't even remember what draft that was. This was like when Draft Express. And stupid NBA draft net were like the only websites. But um, enough about the old times. Uh, that's just it's some ego in there too, though, right? That's what huh? you said. Uh, just predicting who's going to be good. There's some ego in there, you oh, know, yeah. when it comes to oh, yeah. being like, I said this guy was going to be good, he ended up being good. You know, I need, I need, I need a front office job. <laughs> it, it's it's not unlike uh like sports gambling or fantasy basketball, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you, it's, it's, it's the same place. It comes from the same place for sure. That's that's a very good observation. I know I definitely have my fish. Although I will say I do like I've been. <laughs> it, the, another thing I enjoy watching <laughs> watching new people like get into the jazz stuff is just <laughs> seeing the their first hot takes. They just go up in flames. <laughs> oh my gosh! And like <laughs> and I'm I'm like I'm like you know before you kind of just see it from the outside and like. Oh yeah, people trash you on Twitter, like for what you say. Like that, someone would just literally trash you, and, and I, but you're oblivious to it till it happens to you. And you're like, wait, hold on, why are you talking to me like that? You know, or or kind of like, like what do you mean? How's that such a bad take? Or they'll say something blatantly wrong, 
And yeah. Just, sometimes I don't even reply. I just like, let me let that sit for them. Yeah. Let that one sit for them. You can't you can't reply to everyone. This is why I I, I trash my own takes before everyone else because like I've already done it. You can't say anything to me. I haven't said to myself like every year I have some fucking guy. I enjoy talking about my misses because like that's to me. I I sincerely think that's the probably the thing you can learn like the most from as you just continue to do it. So like I I don't know if you remember Grant Riller. Yeah, the Charleston guard. Yeah. So I was like obsessed with, he was like top 10. Like I was fucking number one Grant Riller family cheerleader extraordinaire. And those are the worst Italian flags. I didn't care. I was just like, I have learned this the hard, <laughs> the hard way because this is my kryptonite is like flashy <laughs> guards who are efficient, but can create. And it's always because they're older. And I'm always just like, oh, who cares? And then turns out it's really important. And then I remember when I knew I was in trouble, which was in uh, that year, in that draft, they were doing like combine interviews with different players on ESPN. And they were talking to Grant Riller about, um, you know, what his goals are and who he views himself like. And he was so timid and he was like yeah i'm just hoping you know i can i can make a team and then i was like oh fuck and then oh, and then it got worse oh, my God. it got worse he was they were like who do you see yourself off and he was talking about like oh i think i can be a useful guard off the bench like dennis schroeder and i was like oh no i've struck out and missed that's it he's just because you need without a without a Illogical. Right. It has to be illogical. How, you have how to have irrational confidence if you're gonna make it. <laughs> if you don't have that in the NBA, where everybody is like, "These are already this is what irrational." I tell people, these are millionaire teenagers who are still like, "Actually, I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m. and hit the weights <laughs> for the first. Do you know what kind of human you have to be to be a millionaire teenager and still work that hard? You have to be basically a crazy person. You have to be crazy. It's a yeah. it's a level of craziness. Yeah. And Grant Riller killing it in the G League for Dallas. I hope he makes it. I will always root for him. But uh, any sometimes people, anytime there's any Grant Riller thing on Twitter, people just tag me automatically. <laughs> and it, it's like a running joke. I don't even. I'm not even mad at it. I'm still trying to. He keep also up with didn't it. pan out because he just the level of playmaker you have to be to even sniff mm-hmm. a, a backup role is mm-hmm. absurd. I mean, people pay attention to the league. Cause, and that's the reason why I'm able to talk to people like you who are diehard Knicks fans. But I know every roster in the NBA like the back of my hand. Right, right. So I can talk to anybody's team about their team. Right. But I do study the Knicks a lot just because the fan base that I, that I interact with on Twitter is There's hilarious to me. a lot of us. It's a lot of it's, us. Yeah, it's just so hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing that makes it so easy like for me to do this because like the Knicks – fan community is just so huge like I, i've tried to find you know because i look for guests for the podcast and of course there's lots of people like you who are just you know not a fan of a particular team but sometimes i'm like i want to get a like if i wanted to get a draft person who specifically cares about the hornets that person i'm sure they exist but i haven't found them yet right so like <laughs> it's it's a lot tougher um okay cool so in terms of the Knicks specific stuff, um, we kind of been alluding to it a little bit, but the big white whale is a big wing. The problem is, uh, 
A, we have Randall at the four, and he's really good, so that's not going anywhere. And then OB kind of got screwed by Randall becoming really good. So I don't really – like when I'm looking at these draft guys and they're fit, I don't really worry too much about OB because I'm just assuming he's going to be out of here just because there's no – it's like unsustainable for him to – what are they going to do, give him a second contract so he can play 12 minutes a game? That seems a little silly. So, uh, so there's that, and then like, like you said, we, we have a lot of six five and under talent, six six and under. Or, well, RJ is like six seven now, but aside from RJ, it's you know we got Quick and Deuce. RJ is the shortest six seven in the league. RJ is the shortest six seven in the league, hundred <laughs> percent. He's hooping lately though, so I'm pausing my RJ he's slander. A dog. He's he's a dog. I do yeah. worry about like what his ceiling could be on a team like this. Yeah, he's always he's the probably the hottest, the most polarizing player on the roster now. More than it used to be Randall, now it's him because of like what he can be is so variable. And some people are like get so frustrated with him, which I understand because you know like he he can be frustrating with just how he plays. And then other people are like, well, you know, go look at OG Ananobi or Mikhail Bridges when they were twenty two, like. How they hoop? They were scoring like eight points a game. Like, give him some. You know, it. It's just he feels like he's been here forever because he has. He came into the league super young. So uh, and, I go yeah, back and forth myself. That's why you can't really say Inanobi or Bridges because he's had he's had the chance at a large amount of usage. Oh yeah, and it's more or less it hasn't reached. I mean, can you can you, can you really say there's much difference between? His second year from Jalen Green's second year, other than maybe some injuries. Yeah, they're two, two, definitely two. The two go-to examples of like high guys who just have the usage foisted on them, and really what they need to do is somebody needs to tell them to lean into other elements of their game a little bit because they both have the for different reasons. They both have like there's no reason. RJ Barrett, if he decided, like, if somebody magically was like, I'll give you a billion dollars if you average five assists per game, it would be very easy for him. Like, he's... I think he can do it. I think I think he does it. I do think yeah. he turns into a... I don't know if he's athletic enough to really be this 25, 5, and 5 guy that everybody wants right. him to be. He can reach that, but he, he, would have to, he would have to unlock a different part of his scoring bag. Mm-hmm. On top of getting better at passing, yeah, and I yeah. don't know, I don't know if he ever flashed the ability to be this elite playmaker or elite three level scorer. I think, I think what he is right now is kind of what he's probably going to be a lot of times in his career, mm-hmm. and that's like a a really a really nice fourth guy, a great third. But you don't want him being the I mean, first yeah, or second. But he's, if he's, if you're trying to rely on him to be, you know. 28 a game in the playoffs. I don't, I think, I think you're yeah. you know, kind of kind of disappointed. Yeah, that's really hard if you're not hyper athletic and you don't just strap up from three. So uh, that's kind of the trick with RJ and with projecting a lot of these guys is like, especially ones who get drafted high. That's actually one of the, um, one of the blessings in disguise for the Knicks is. They haven't really had high picks, and obviously you you prefer higher picks to lower picks, but developmentally, 
sometimes you can you can it's easier to tell the 20th pick you know this is what your role is going to be than it is to tell the third pick sometimes so like the downside of that is sometimes you can miscast people like IQ was fucking stuck behind like a bunch of bums for the first three years of his career like Alfred Payton I shouldn't say bums because Alec Burks is my guy AB forever <laughs> he's a hooper forever he'll be able to shoot until he can't fucking walk um, definitely Alfred not star role player so yeah exactly exactly so uh, so for this year you know we're looking at the the composition of this Knicks team and also what kind of player would be able to develop well alongside this core. And, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is they definitely don't have room for more than one guy, which is why it wasn't surprising when they used one of their two picks to trade for Josh Hart. Cause even if you like the theoretical idea of, you know, taking two swings, two bites at the apple, whatever metaphor you want to use, uh, you ba- they barely got minutes for one rookie, let alone two. Even Deuce is struggling to get minutes. So, like, what the hell are you going to do with two more rookies? So, they did that. And now, it's you know, we have guards. But if the best player available is a guard, like, do you pass on that? And that's kind of the conundrum uh, that we're in. So, I can, I can tell you some of the guys. We can go through some of the guys that I think have been making waves as possible Knicks picks. And then you can tell me, like good but shitty on the Knicks or great I love this fit with the Knicks or you know whatever thoughts that come to mind because like I said you you have a a different perspective than uh Knicks funhouse mirror land perspective which is uh, what I'm used to here um so the guys that you know Dallas is kind of sucking so our pick is getting a little better which is nice I hope they continue to stink up the joint but not too much because it's top 10 protected and we would. I want a rookie this year, damn it. So selfishly, I don't want Dallas to be too bad. Just right. Um, two guys that I see a lot are Jet Howard and Max Lewis. They jump off a lot of pages and screens and discussions because they're tall, right? And like we were saying, we, the Knicks don't have six, eight guys who can do stuff with the ball aside from Julius. That's Obi's talented in a lot of ways, but he's not really like a get busy type of way. He's just like his own power forward traditional style. And, you know, we're not going to get Walker from Houston. We're probably not going to get like Anthony Black. We're probably not even going to pick high enough to get like uh, Grady Dick. So I'm trying to figure out what of these tall guys who can do things might be around somewhere in the 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 range. And uh, I would say those are the two guys who people most often ask me about. And they both kind of had weird years where their hype was crazy high. And then both of their teams were kind of bad for different reasons. And they've just lost a little bit of popularity. So uh, how do you feel about those two dudes? Uh, Before we continue this discussion, though, uh, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. 
Own the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, I said we'll start with Max Lewis first. Okay. Uh, I have him in that, that 10 to 15 range, like a spot behind Jet. Okay. So you still high on both of them? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Max, some people are know, not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm high on both of them. Uh, only by default of what they are. Mm-hmm. I think I think they have a huge, huge chance of being uh, in like that 20, 30 range because they just don't get any usage. Because neither of them, Jet's a good point of attack defender, and Max is just only solid at it. He's not right. He's not like a plus defender on the ball right now, and Jet isn't a great defender on the ball. But Max is the great athlete, <laughs> and Jet isn't quite the great vertical athlete. But he's extreme. He has a lot of burst to be six eight. Mm-hmm. So he, they're kind of they're kind of like weird prospects. That's why I have them so close. That's why I can't ever have them far. Each other. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. Anytime I'm moving uh, my board around, those guys are pretty much next to each other. Yeah, I can't justify one or the other half the time. So, if we want the same kind of prospect, Jet has a little more cushion because he's just he you no know, he has he has he has better on ball ability on defense. But I mean, as far as offense, Max is just as good. So, but as far as far as Max is a prospect. Him next to Barrett isn't going to reap the kind of rewards I think you guys are looking for. Mm. Due to his obvious his defense, thing about defense <laughs> and scouting is a lot of times guys don't become elite defenders. They can they usually become good. They usually don't even become great defenders on the ball. They didn't already come in as a really good on ball defender. Because it doesn't yeah. get easier to play defense yeah. in the NBA, right? <laughs> so that's why I kind of worry about Max next to Barrett. Because Barrett's defense tails off sometimes. But he's a, he's, a, he's, yeah. still, he's still a plus on-ball defender. But plus isn't great or elite. <laughs> right, right. So in the playoffs, plus can, 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 can be very, you know, Swiss cheese. So yeah, that's why I don't know about that. I don't love that fit for Max. And I definitely love that fit for the Knicks. I think the Knicks need a defender. And a passer. I think they can get away with whatever that guy doesn't bring offensively. But as far as uh, as far as Max, he's a he's a good, not great fit. And I think he's he's not he can't play the four either. So he's gonna be he's still sharing skinny. minutes with those four different two guards. Yeah. That's the one thing with Max and Jet. Like even though they are tall, they're like Kind of like two threes in how they play, and also because they're, yeah, they're really true wings. skinny. Yeah, right? they're true wings. Right. And, like, they're not going to be more – like, they're both taller than – look at Grimes and Hart. Like, they're both taller than Grimes and Hart, but there's no chance that those guys are more physical defenders or better rebounders than Grimes and Hart because those guys are dogs. <laughs> those guys are dogs. So I don't, I don't, I don't go that fit for either of them. Because they it, there's not enough minutes for them, so they're gonna be fighting an uphill battle in the G League immediately. When they have enough playmaking, it matches enough juice off the ball that he needs to be playing immediately and getting the ball immediately. I just don't see him getting the ball or playing immediately, or That's him a very or good Jet. Point. 
on the Knicks. Because people don't realize, like, he was pretty much, like, he was, like, the 30-usage, the, the like, quasi-point guard. And that's where a lot of his value came from, like you said. It wasn't from defense. So if you're taking the ball out of his hands, that's a pretty big risk. Um, a lot of his a lot of his strengths come from that. So with Jet, at least like you know, he's probably a little more comfortable off the ball, just because he wasn't like doing everything for that Michigan team. Right, he had his role, and a lot of it was yeah, you know, sometimes on ball creation, but sometimes off ball. Be so. so yeah, yeah. So. So I want to go back to one thing you said real quick, which is um, the defense, which I totally get. Um, people forget. It's easy to forget, but this Knicks team is better at offense than defense, despite uh, Tibbs, despite the dogs that we got. Um, so it's definitely a, a great point to remind fans because we're also not good at shooting, but we just have this weird grifter offense where we're just like <laughs> destroy people on the boards and draw like a thousand fouls. So it doesn't matter. Um so yeah, it 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 could be the you know when choosing between somebody who's a bit of a scorer and not a defender and the opposite, this front office says we got bucket getters. We need somebody who can connect, right? And just talk. Yeah, that be would a, be the different. It's the difference be between Grimes and Hart. Yeah, you guys have a weird situation though. Very weird. <laughs> you have an extremely weird situation. I mean, you guys, you have you guys have to draft a true three. You can't be a kid that really. Really, you know, his best version of himself is playing the two, like a Lewis and Jet. That's the that's what makes it difficult. Like another player who has gotten mocked to the Knicks a lot. Um, I know you're a little lower on him, is Jordan Hawkins. And I don't think it's like the 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 mocks are, you know, the, the writers are thinking too hard about his fit. It's more just like, okay, they're just doing a quick mock and he's the next best player on the board and the Knicks have the next pick on their mock draft. So they're just like, the Knicks need shooting seems legit. And that's it. But in reality, like, even if you do think someone who is a two is the best player would like to ensure their development, you have to walk a very fine line. And that means, that means you're going to go small at some points with like guys like RJ and the heart playing the four a little bit, even, um, which is not, I, I mean, that has, there's some good things about that, but long-term, that's not ideal. So I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, are there any other... talk about Jordan Hawkins real quick. Yeah, let's talk about Jordan Hawkins. Are they losing? Let me see. I haven't even checked the score. Oh, they're winning now. Okay. Michigan State just won. Uh, they just beat Marquette. UConn's up. Because they were tied at the half now. Uh, they're not they're <laughs> winning now, but not because of Jordan Hawkins. But anyway, yeah, well, uh, let's talk Jordan <laughs> Hawkins. <reloaded. laughs> Um, Jordan Hawkins, I, I, I can't really get behind him going in the first round, mm. especially if like, if we're talking Nick Knicks, I definitely wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't advise you guys to spend a first round pick on him. Cause to me, he's, he's just the consummate, you know, shooter, athlete, defender. He has some in between stuff. And he's gonna be pretty good at the room due to being athletic, but I don't see too much difference between him and uh, a Malik Beasley type, mm. or uh, a KCP type. So I don't know. I don't know if I would advise you guys to swing that high on that kind of type of player in the first round. I feel like you guys could swing even higher than that, especially in this draft where the draft is pretty loaded. 
with just whatever you need. <laughs> I don't. I, think, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't really go him in mm-hmm. that first round. And he also doesn't help. He's only six five. Right. And he doesn't compliment R.J. Barrett in the slightest. And he doesn't really compliment like Randall or Brunson that much either. That's the other thing. Like we could talk about R.J., but those are the all stars. So. <laughs> Yeah, or, quick, he, or even he, quickly, like <laughs> he definitely doesn't. He's definitely not a lead enough defender to compliment Brunson, and he's uh, or or Randall, who also needs defense to be complimented. And he also needs some size, look, because Randall isn't a huge four. Right, he's strong, but he's not Randall's tall or long. Prototype four, you know, Randall's right. six nine, big body four, but he's not. He's not. He's not a six eleven guy. Yeah, he's not protecting the rim as a weak. He, yeah, he's not, he's not defending like it nearly good enough. So you guys do need like a specific type of player, or you guys can just default to getting the new five. <laughs> yeah, I mean Mitch is great and iHeart is great, but like if Joel Embiid decides I've had enough of Philly, then like I'm sure the <laughs> Knicks front office would be fine considering such a proposition. So uh, RJ and Mitch, you know, we love them while they're here, but neither of them are so amazing that. Uh, Provided the right trade offer comes, you know, I'll drive him to the airport myself. But as far as this class goes, okay, so we're, we're kind of, I'm kind of seeing, I'm seeing the cam vision right now for if you were the GM of the Knicks. Um, there's a couple, there's like some, you know, there's guys like, they're very different prospects, but um, they're also similar in some ways. There's guys like Derek Whitehead and Julian Strother who are taller and shooters, um, Dariq can defend a little, but even those guys are not, they're like a little bit taller than the guys on the Knicks, right? Like Strother's 6'7", 6'8", Dariq is maybe 6'6", 6'7". Right. Uh, both both of them are strong, um, so, you know, they're not going to get punked out there, but, uh, and both would bring the shooting, but I don't know if they bring that level of complementary defense or that connective passing that I think you're envisioning. Would you say that's right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Just for this specific Knicks team. Though. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is just assuming that you guys retain one of or probably two, two of like, uh, I IQ, uh, heart. Yeah, those two ain't going nowhere. Right, and Grimes. <laughs> they get you, know, you guys love Grimes. <laughs> right, you guys love Grimes. So your two your two spot is just so locked up. Right. <laughs> And it's not like you're gonna draft a backup point guard, right? And you're not in. So the the kind of three that you need to play next to RJ, if you really want to start that RJ, because now it sounds like you guys are trying to go RJ at the two, so you can find the three. Now I don't think they'll ever go RJ at the two. Um, they usually have him out there with, uh, with whoever's playing point guard, and then IQ or Grimes. And if Grimes is playing, or if IQ is playing point guard, then they might have that. That's when it might get like they might get mixy, where it's like Hart, RJ, who's the two, who's the three. I don't know, but yeah. I, I think usually it's pretty clear the Knicks have prioritized having some shooting from that two spot uh, to go with RJ, and then also because RJ, you know, like you said, he's a solid defender, but he's not the kind of guy who you're like, like IQ and Grimes are fucking beastly defenders. Like RJ's fine. But he's not like those guys. So like, uh, yeah, I, Grime Grime is, is 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 approaching elite defender. And IQ is approaching like great point of attack defender. 
Yeah. So, so it's it's weird because if you got I I do with I because the fact you're saying you want RJ playing more just next to another wing lets me know that the the Lewis and Howard thing can work. That's but what that I think the vision is. With IQ and Grimes. <laughs> yeah, like I you mean, know IQ Grimes are hard. It's funny, point. like Grimes. Grimes starts games, but he's behind IQ and Hart in, like, the overall depth chart as far as closing goes. Like, a lot of times we'll be playing and people on Twitter will be like, yo, what happened to Grimes? Like, why is he not coming back in? But it's, like you said, it's it's tough because Emmanuel quickly is really fucking good. And you want him to play, like, he can play point guard, but guess what? Like, him and Brunson are the two best guards, so you probably want them to play together too, so... Yeah, uh, even if you guys didn't draft the two, you guys got to make a decision because, like you just said, yeah. IQ is taken away from some of the offense that Grimes has in him. Yeah. And so now you're getting, like, half a player half the time. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's always the rub, the rub with the Knicks is, like, they draft guys who buy into their roles a lot, but their roles are often a fraction of what they're capable of, and Obi is the best example of that. Like, the guy has Oh, yeah, Obi's a score. Obi's a he score. He has 10 role man possessions on the whole year, which is, like, insane. <laughs> It's, it's, he's a, he's it's really like a, a true crime. short roll scorer. That's what, yeah. he, what he is. And somebody else will unlock that, but like that's not going to be us. So, looking at, uh, I would I would say as a quick aside, uh, yeah, I would say I I would draft Lewis or Howard if they're uh-huh. there, and just sell it as we're gonna they're gonna play next to. There's gonna be another wing for you guys to play with, but really in my head, I'm just waiting on some value to come through. That way I could just start running Brunson, uh, the rookie, and then Barrett, and then, you know, do something with Hart, IQ, or Grimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I how mean, I, would disguise it. <laughs> I, I think that's that's how they're thinking about it. Like, and that's the thing, like, you, you, you of course have to draft considering fit of the current team, but the team, you know, these guys, these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old. Hopefully when they're getting very good and they're turning 22, 23, this team is going to look different, right? Like, we still, we're good. Nobody wants to play us in the first round, but we don't have, like, a MVP type, right? You still want to get that guy. And that means some people are going to have to get traded to get that guy. So you have yeah. to be, like, who would be good to have waiting to rise, you know, to step up or to just be a part yeah, of that yeah, the taller, the taller, Yeah, the taller guy. Mm-hmm. You exactly. the taller guy. You yeah. don't be wrong. You really don't mess up if you go to the taller guy. Exactly. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, which is a current crop is still here uh, in a year or two. Um, looking at other guys in this draft who have a little bit of size and a little bit of versatility. Um, I mean, I know you're one of the people who is high on uh, Leonard Miller, and I've been watching the G League to just catch up because I, I like I watched them in the very beginning of the year, and then I kind of just. I watched them back when it was like Scoot versus Wemby, and then I then college basketball started, and I was like, all right, I'll come back to Ignite later. And I've been watching Leonard Miller and also um, City Sissoko, and and both of them are uh, legit risers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've been very impressed. Um, Leonard, he's just like he just moves. His shot is like that's a whole nother podcast, but everything else is like. He's moving well, and he's, you know, when he when I watched him last year in the combine, he was just lost, which makes sense because he didn't really play super. He was playing with random, like, public Canadian high school kids, and 
Yeah, and he then, didn't play high-level ball. After yeah, that. so he was lost out there. Now he doesn't look lost, which is amazing. And Sissoko, uh, he's he's definitely at the, like, I can do so many things. I'm just going to try wild shit part of his developmental phase, which I don't mind. It was perfect for him. Exactly. Yeah, what, like, what a decision. Like, a lot of his turnovers are like, okay, you just tried the wildest pass ever, but I'm not mad at it because it would have looked really cool. I feel you. And then the other thing that st- stood out to me about him is, like, I-, I joked on Twitter that, you know, in pictures of him, he's listed at, like, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, and he has six, a eight. really... Yeah, 6'8"? He's listed at 6'8"? No, he's listed at... He's he's listed at probably 6'6". Six, six. He's really, like, 6'8", though. He got a long neck, so he's, like, a fraudulent 6'8". But he's also like he's huge. He's I saw I was googling something he's like listed. Push, push, he should be pushing two twenty, I believe. Now something said one hundred seventy five pounds that I googled, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, there's no way he's a hundred. He looks closer oh, to R.J. Barrett than he does to like these some undersized guard or wing. He, right he, now he's probably around two hundred five, like hovering around there, two ten, and a he's strong two twenty by the time his draft time. <laughs> he's He's like trucking, and it's the G League, right? So, like, we can talk about, like, oh, yeah, these guys didn't make the league, or but they're still adults for the most I love part. To go on my, my slight G League, uh, G League rant, yeah, let's do it. So, my thing about the G League is people go, Oh, but he's in the G League. It's like, well, you actually look at what the G League is, half of the roster is. A bunch of rotational players in the NBA because they always get called up because someone's always injured, correct? So there's all NBA players have played in, in multiple NBA games. Then the other half of the roster is some of the most elite college players to ever touch college. Like Grant Riller. <laughs> right. And then there's some of the most elite young prospects in the world. Like not Grant Riller. <laughs> So I just uh, and Grant Williams is a good example because he's he's one of the most elite college players at the time. Mm-hmm. And he guess what? He was in the middle of a of a G League rotation. That's how that's how that's how high the you know the level of comp you know the competition level of competition in G League is probably only second to like some Euro leagues. Like only only a, only few Euro leagues. Could probably stand up to what the G League actually is. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's one of those things that uh, you know, Knicks fans were uh, were were talking a lot about this last year because before Deuce was getting minutes with the real team, him and Jericho Sims would play for Westchester, and they were just destroying teams, right? Like. Right. Every they look like Stockton and Malone down there. Like they, yeah. G like Deuce was literally the two best guards in the G League last year were probably Deuce and Saban Lee, who's a little bit older, but he's like your classic quadruple A kind of guard yeah, for the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, and both of them were like a zillion points per game, ten assists per game, like whatever. And and then Jericho Sims, every game he played was like nine of nine from the field, fifteen rebounds or whatever. Yep, and um. You know, like, I understand why they sent Deuce down there because, one, they didn't have the minutes. And then, two, um, he, in West Virginia, he didn't, they had to reprogram him a little bit because he was very mid-range heavy. They had, like, an old-school kind of offense, not a lot of pick and roll. And they pretty much told (laughs) him and Sims, like, y'all go run 
like 30 pick and rolls per game and just do you just chuck from three and break those old habits and you know it worked so uh it worked perfectly that, i was that's how you're supposed to use the g league and um but yeah like and then you so to bring it back to the ignite like Leonard Miller and Sissoko, they're they're pretty young prospects for this class, and now they're young. They they went from one went from mid level Canadian ball. I don't even know what Sissoko Sissoko was playing before he uh before he came onto this team on the uh, Hoop Summit. And now Summit, and now they're what Sissoko yeah. is Sissoko is is giving is giving guys twenty four five and five, and Leonard just had an eighteen and twenty game. I mean that that kind of stuff is unprecedented. Yeah, and we're we're at the cycle in the G League Ignite's existence where like okay, it when they when the start when guys who are going to be top 5 picks commit to the Ignite, then it you know, that's not straightforward but more straightforward than like what do other prospects like we haven't had we've had like Isaiah Todd and uh, a couple of other like less heralded prospects, but not as many where you, you're like I'm pretty sure they're first rounders, even if they're not like, you know, we're going to tank for them or something like Jalen green or John Kuminga or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's super fascinating me to, to me to, to look at where these guys are going and, um, and see how much of their being on lower on mocks is just because people haven't watched them play. Right. And then, you know, inevitably they'll show up at the combine and, Kill. Or in workouts, like right, like these teams have three on three workouts or whatever, and they'll probably give guys Absolutely issues. Kill. And then <laughs> maybe they'll rise up. But the thing is, this this draft, like you said, is that middle of the draft. There's probably like twenty dudes who could have a good argument for you know being the sixteenth pick, depending on what teams are looking for. So uh it's definitely a bit of a bloodbath out there. But what do you think of those two guys? Because they're they're wings, right? Like Sissoko's a little shorter, but he plays bigger than his size because he's so jacked. Like uh, you, I feel like they might be sleeper types, but they can't shoot. But does it matter? <laughs> uh, so Miller is not a great seamless fit for the Knicks, but he would be a great player to have. Play up, play a lot of rotational minutes. Sissoko is actually the clean fit. He can play right next to RJ. RJ has enough, has plenty of handle to complement whatever Sissoko doesn't have off the dribble. And Sissoko has plenty of connectivity passing. And he can hit spot ups. Like he's, he's not he, a bad he shooter. His, and he's gonna hit his freaking spot ups because he because he, he's played the G League. Yeah. Which which is an NBA line, which people mm-hmm. underestimate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean they're shooting in the 30, the low 30s. That's pretty good. Yeah. Jaden Hardy shot in the low 30s. I don't think anyone does think he can't shoot. Yeah, and Sissoko sh- shot like it's not like Leonard's where it looks weird. Like it looks fine. It yeah, looks Leonard's fine. is a little weird because it's a push shot, but I'm not yeah. mad at it because he's six eleven. Right, that's bonus. <laughs> that's a bonus. Like it was whatever. And then he has a, he has enough ball skills that he go he grab and goes, but he also he also creates in the half court. Miller is a sleeper star in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sissoko, Sissoko could be that that really special role player that every team would just love to have. Like Josh Hart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if Josh Hart was, was hiked up to 6'8". Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty legit role player. That's, I, mean, I mean, they're different, player. but, like, I mean, OG on Anobi's like, he's not a passer, but... 
he's not the pastor. So I, I don't like. I wouldn't compare him to Soko. I would compare Soko to like a uh, man. You have to really dig deep into crates. So I'm not gonna dig too deep into crates. I'm gonna say his game is similar to what Dyson Daniels would bring you. Yeah, and I know there was a lot of Dyson had a lot of fans among uh yeah the Knicks internet because I, 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 I thought you guys should have grabbed him. I mean, we weren't. We he was gonna be gone. What did he get picked? Like uh. No, yeah, I'm not 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 saying like, you guys should have got him in the draft. I'm just saying like, uh, oh, I just in general, him. I always have to mock him to you guys. Yeah, yeah, as a great fit. Yeah, I I definitely see that. I'm I'm looking at some other taller guys now, and like, there's again like this draft. You have a bunch of the six six kind of dudes. So like, Jalen Hood Shafino's six six, right? Riley Kugel. About six six. Colby wears older, but he's like six six. So there, there's not quite so much in terms of the tall, tall wings who like could credibly play the four next to RJ. That's why the height of Max, Jet, and Leonard kind of jumped out to me. Um, you know, there's like Flip, but he's kind of like Obi and that he's his own like weird thing where he's basically a four um so it does anybody else from this class kind of jump out as like who you you would have your eye on if you were in the Knicks front office like there's a lot of talent but it feels like if you if you go for the shooting you might be giving up the size if you go for the size you might be giving up something else so then it becomes a question of what do you feel as the Knicks like what are you most comfortable developing right that kind of stuff you might be on mute again there you go you hear me yeah my fault um i was looking at my board uh <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some sleeper fits. There's some there's some sleeper fits for the Knicks. Uh, the first one I would jump out at is is Gigi Jackson. Ooh, I'm too scared. I don't, bro. I don't think I don't think <laughs> enough people like him. I fucking was obsessed with him, and now like I just got terrified. But his situation is so crazy. So you're right. We should talk about Gigi because, like, I know the stats are gross right now, but the talent is there. If you actually deep dive into his stats, they're not gross for an 18-year-old at all in the, in the SEC. It's, they're not. They're actually, they actually look pretty – they look too good compared to what Imani Bates looked like as an 18-year-old in the AAC. I mean, Imani is – that's a whole nother. <laughs> he, he needed a little seasoning in a way, even more than Gigi. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't get the, I don't get the knocks on Gigi as much because he is 18, and he, he just had multiple games where – Legit SEC teams with legit NBA talents could not stand in front of the kid and could not stop him from creating a, a impact in multiple ways on the court. And he's six ten. He he's he's such a great fit for the Knicks. It, <laughs> you might be got to push this because I don't I don't think I don't think enough people like him. I think he's false. I really do. I think he falls. He might because you're right. Teams are. Risk averse, right? Understandably, right? Because, like you said, everybody got to keep their job. <laughs> and he's a he scary falls. player to pick. He's a scary player to pick. But you guys have the luxury of picking him because 
No, you can just throw him in there next to RJ and whatever you uh you want. Uh, as far as the guards, or you can or you can play the four. He's a rare guy that we can talk about. He can play the four. Tables will probably murder him after like a week, but once he gets used to that, then you know. Another thing that comes into play is the the Tibbs thing. Tibbs isn't he's he's he isn't a great developer. He's a decent developer, but you gotta you gotta earn the trust first, and that's the thing. That's the thing that is tough for me to envision with Gigi, because like yeah, he's not he's not gonna earn the trust. Like it's gonna be down. It's gonna be down with him. Right. Like is is he gonna be a give you better minutes at the four next year than Josh Hart or R.J. Barrett? Probably not. Uh, probably more than RJ. But even it's even if he's taller, it's just like he's just so young that I don't know. It's hard for young guys to be like positives in their rookie year unless you like a real Hooper. He's uh, he's he's up there with the real Hooper. <laughs> he he definitely is is part I think of. He has the an real, elite handle. He does have unheard. elite handle. At his that's, size, absolutely. That's an instant. That's an instant. That's an instant green flag. That's an instant suit. Like, oh, every superstar look like that ever. <laughs> he, he just gotta. I, I think he's one of the. Actually, you know what? If if I had to pitch Gigi on the Knicks, I think he's one of the guys who would. You know, we mentioned that the Knicks take their kids and make sure they know their roles and make them become masters at a few specific things before letting them kind of expand. Yeah. And that might be the sort of thing where it's good for Gigi, where it's like, yo, just hit your yeah. spot ups, play defense and rebound. If you don't do those two things, we'll take you right back out and send you to Westchester. <laughs> like Exactly. So I don't, the fit, the fit for him, uh, hypothetically sounds great, but as far as, is it going to work operationally and organizationally for you guys? I don't know because a big part of his game is I need the ball. Yeah. Well, so he, this he, year he might not is. get that. He might not get that leeway with Tibbs. Tibbs isn't, isn't that kind of guy. Well, let me look at what Tibbs did with Obi. Right? Like he's like turned him into a fucking corner three point specialist. So, I mean, yeah. But Obi's also a guy that he had. He flashed some some real face up ball oh, yeah. stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like closeout stuff that he just yeah. he can't show right now. And yeah, I'm afraid that could be Gigi. And yeah. if you do that, you might as well not even get him. Yeah. That's that's the main thing I'm I'm scared. I don't think they have they would give enough rope because you're gonna need to let him kind of enough rope. He's yeah, eighteen. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every problem you have with him is just is 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 maturity based. Right. No eighteen year old has ever looked consistent on D. <laughs> right. Right. No eighteen year old had ever had consistent effort, and no eighteen year old had consistent enough um, body language. He's eighteen. Right. He literally right. he went from playing EYBO. To a month later, he was he started cooking SEC players. Yeah, I mean, he was, he literally went from the NBA PA top one hundred, and then he started giving Missouri twenty. I just found that extremely impressive. Yeah, he's if they really <laughs> did want to swing for the fences, like the team That's I the swing. use. Yeah, he's the, the swing. I was the an, he's the swing. The analog I use is um, there was a time. Once the Nuggets finally figured out what they had with Jokic, and they also already had Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. dropped because of injury concerns, they said, fuck it, we're swinging, and it worked because they were so good already 
that if that pick didn't work out, it didn't really set them back much. So you could argue that like with this pick, just like last year with the Knicks trading out completely, like if whoever they pick becomes whatever, just doesn't work out fine. Who cares? You still have not only your own picks moving forward, but other teams picks. So, yep. uh, so there's, there's definitely a good arguments for, for this to be the year when, when they swing for the fences and, and then if you have to send them to Westchester a little bit, whatever, like it worked for Deuce. So we know they can run, we know they run their G League team well, so that wouldn't be the worst thing either. Oh, I mean, sending GG to Westchester is just gonna uh, is just gonna put every two guard on that roster in a hot seat. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the deal with this roster anyway. Like nobody's promised minutes except for Jalen and Julius. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so he's instantly gonna put everybody on the perimeter except for Brunson on the hot seat because this is gonna turn into all right. Well, now who who are we gonna play next to the kid? Because He's six ten. He's destroying the G League. He's gonna destroy the G League. He's gonna destroy the G League. Uh, the way he played against grown men, essentially in SEC, it was almost too impressive. Even yeah, he had bad games. He's eighteen. His good games, he, he that's like he was having player of the year good games against like Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge and Isaiah Mobley on his Missouri and against those wings against uh those wings and those guards on on Auburn. On Auburn. He's he's killing. He's just killing NBA NBA prospect. NBA prospect. You know, got up with Furman, Jalen Slauson. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are legit NBA talents that he's. He honestly, every time he's on the floor, his good games just look better than theirs. His good game, his flashes are just crazy. It's just when he's when he gets into that like eighteen year old like and he's yeah, just, he gets into that eighteen year old, he turns you off. He's like, eh. You can either get turned off, or you can see you can see the beauty in it. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's one of those dudes. I mean, the interviews and all that are important for everybody, but he's had such an odd path for a high-ranked player because he was basically like a big man prospect. And yeah, then he was, he was a five. And he, and yeah. He's like, oh, he could play a four. He has, he has handled for some reason this year. Like, right, his know. handle just got amazing. <laughs> I don't and know. Then, uh, the NBA PA. He came around. He's like, "Yo, he's taking everybody in the gym off the dribble." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you gotta do your homework a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think. We're okay. We're about an hour in. Uh, all right. So I think I definitely got the cam vision here. The only one podcast vision for the Knicks. Um, are there any other players who jump out as like who the Knicks should consider, even if not necessarily, you know, as a swing for the fences? Maybe they trade out or trade down or whatever. Anybody else who you think would be helpful for this Knicks team? Uh, do you guys have a second round pick? Uh, not yet, but knowing us, we'll probably end up with one because they always do that shit. Yeah, some uh, some quick little sleepers. Some quick little sleeper picks I would I would love for you guys if you guys trade down or you guys picked in the second round. Uh, like we said, it's the city Sissoko. I think he really could help you guys. What he does early too. I think I think Tim would like his floor. Yeah, I really do. I he's he's high like on my floor. list. 
City. I'm gonna have to watch some more Ignite games, man, because I, I don't think he's gonna last to the second round if he keeps this shirt up. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably not, man. He's probably not because his, you know, his passing and his uh, his passing flashes, defense, the spot up shooting, it, it's enticing. I, I would imagine a team does swing on that. Uh, that's why yeah, I can guy. I would, uh, I would, I would tell you guys look at would be uh, Chris Murray. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of fans. Uh, he's definitely checks a lot of boxes for the Knicks. Oh my God, he checks all kinds of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can. He you don't have to worry about maturity. He could come in and hoop tomorrow. <laughs> Chris, Chris got some big fans, and I know he's going to be high on their board because he he brings the size, the defense, and the shooting, which is like we were saying before. Most of the tall guys don't bring all of those things, and he may not be the sexy pick, but he might be the right pick. Um, and uh, he's different from Keegan, but they're both good, so I, I could definitely see it. Um, and he could play next to both RJ and Julius, which I think is something you can't really say of a lot of the other guys in this class. All right, um, I think we could wrap there. Got got a good idea of who you like for for the squad in this coming year. Um, look forward to seeing your board as we get closer to to draft time and just taking notes. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the pod soon. Um, but until then, yeah, I would love to. Do you want to tell folks again, real quick, where they can find you? Uh, you can find us on Apple Pods. Apple Podcast at Only One Podcast or Spotify Podcast at Only One Podcast. And, of course, you can find us at Twitter at Only One Podcast with two Ts. Yeah, man, we uh, we just talk draft, uh, getting into the NFL draft, uh, real deep into the NBA draft. I would, you know, I love, love talking to teams, team-specific pods like this. I really do. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. I don't know shit about the NFL, but I'm always happy to talk about the Knicks and the NBA draft. So uh, I'm sure we'll connect again. Everybody else, thank you for tuning in. We got some good draft content coming out over March Madness and afterwards. Uh, it's been a slow trickle, but soon uh, we're going to open that fire hydrant for y'all. And uh, we got some good fun articles on the way, so stay tuned for that. And on that note, we will see you next time.